0: Well, if you didn't know, I am the children's director, so my flavor is a little younger usually, and that's okay, that's okay, I just like to, I like to have a lot of interaction when I talk, and I I really do that a lot with the kids, and it really just keeps their attention, you know, when you're talking to kids, attention is everything, because they have like a uh, five-minute attention span, so you're always battling that. Um, I love kids. I have two kids of my own. I have a daughter. She's uh, she just turned two in January, and I got my five month old little boy right over there. Hi, Carter. And he's a stud. He like is, he's like ripped. I don't know how that happened, but it's like he's on steroids or something. I always like to show him off and take off his shirt and show everybody. It's like he's got like bigger muscles than I do. It's sad, but. He's just, like, born that way. It's the craziest thing. Uh, must get it from his mom, I guess. I don't know. Because <laughs> you're so ripped. Awesome. Well, um, like I said, I like to do things just a little differently. I uh, like a little bit more interaction than what you're probably used to. Uh, so, first off, I need a few volunteers. You need just crazy people to say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and just volunteer. Now, don't everybody throw their hand up at once. Okay, one, two, three, four. It's okay, it's okay. It's not like I'm going to make you do anything crazy. Come over here. All right, let me just go ahead and move this out of the way. Awesome. I think I have... There we go. Okay. Five should be good. I think we I think we can do it with five. Okay. So, I'm going to tell you guys something. Um, This is, I'm just doing, we're just acting something out real quick. So, hopefully, you guys love drama. I'm sure you guys are actors on the side, you know. So, you guys are professionals and everything. Um, But, I'm going to show you guys something that just changed my life. This is, we're just doing something that's uh, from the Bible. So, I need a Jesus. Look at this guy right here. (laughs) Bam! There's my Jesus. (laughs) Spitting image right there. Spitting image. Okay, and I need a woman. I got three of them. Who's going to... Okay, come on over. Come on over. So, if you guys are familiar with this story, this is the story, and I'm just going to kind of narrate, and then we're going to... Then you guys are just going to act out what I narrate. And I like to do this because visuals... I'm a total visual learner, and so if I see something, I remember it. The Lord has spoken to me multiple times in visions and in dreams, and I really believe that's because I remember it, and I don't ever forget what I see. So, um, visuals are so important. Um, so, this is the woman with the issue of blood. You might have, may have known that story, but she's, she's known as the woman with the issue of blood. But how many know that she didn't stay that way, right? That's right. That's right. So, Jesus was walking through a crowd, and all these people were thronging themselves on him. And this woman that had an issue of blood... Now now listen, this woman, she had this issue for 12 years. She had seen all sorts of physicians. <laughs> you guys are being distracting over there? No, it's okay. <laughs> she had seen all these physicians, spent all of her money on it. Uh, nothing worked. It actually made it worse according to Scripture. She heard about Jesus and she said to herself... If I only touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. And so that's what she said to herself. And so Jesus is in the middle of a crowd, and he's getting smashed up against by everybody. And all of a sudden, this woman touches the hem of his garment, and he pauses like, what was that? And it, <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is inspired by the Lord right here. This is exactly what happened. <laughs> and he says... <laughs> who touched me? And the disciples say, Lord, are you serious? Like, everyone's smashing up against you in this crowd, and you're going to ask who touched you? And he says, I felt virtue go out of me. And all of a sudden, this woman who was afraid to say, it was me, she comes finally comes forward and says, it was me, Lord, I hid because I was afraid. And Jesus says, he says this, this is so powerful. He says... Go in peace. Your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you whole. Awesome. Give these guys a round of applause. Give these guys a round of applause. So so I have a question for you guys. Who decided the woman was going to get healed? She did. Did God decide it? Doesn't that kind of make your brain twerk a little bit? It wasn't God deciding... To just heal who he wanted to heal, it was the woman's decision. I'm going to go get healed, and she looked unto Jesus and acted out in faith. Took that step of faith, and what did Jesus say? He said, "What? What made her whole? Was it? Did he say and turn around like oh, my awesome power just made you whole? Even though that could be true, he wasn't pointing to that. He was pointing to her faith, and." Uh, This was really powerful for me. When I was uh, just born again, brand new Christian, the Lord led me out of the state of Idaho, which I miss so bad, and he led me to Utah, and I worked there for six months. He totally did that because I needed some money, and I got like a bunch of money real fast, and then he drew me back to Idaho right after that, and then shortly after I moved to Idaho, I met my wife. Uh, But when I was in Utah... I didn't have any believers around me. I was completely by myself. I moved there with a, f- a few friends that were Mormon. And so I got to talk with them a bunch and hear all their, all, all their stuff and, and uh, see how they lived. And, um, you know, not, not that we're going to judge every religion just by the people. We're going to judge it by the original message. But um, I, was, I was in Utah by myself. And I was reading the word. I was spending time with the Lord. Uh, when I came to God, I had like this radical uh, radical conversion where he just completely just changed my life 180 degrees. And I had uh, an intimate relationship with him right away. And it was, it was so powerful. I thought it was crazy because I thought I was like the only person in the world that had this relationship because no one close to me at the time was really walking with the lord so i thought i was all by myself like gideon was and um so sometimes i was like am i crazy or is this if this is crazy then let it be so i'm just going to be crazy because this is awesome and so i I just love spending time with the lord i would spend hours a day with the lord and it would be throughout all my day i just talked to him and he would just tell me things and i would uh you know when i came to the lord uh, some of my background is I was a drug dealer when I first got saved. I was a binge drinker. Um, I had horrible... I was just a horrible person and I knew it. And when I cried out to the Lord, I said, God, is this who I am? Is this who you created me to be? And He answered me in, in an extremely powerful way. And uh, and so I had just this really close, intimate relationship with the Lord right off the bat. And I'm so thankful for that. And... Uh, um. Anyway, I'm in I'm in Utah, and I'm just going through the Word. And honestly, when I became a, when I called out to God, it wasn't anyone that um, that led me to the Lord. It was just I called out to him, and, and he answered. And all of a sudden, we had a relationship. And so I didn't even know at the time that the Bible was true. I just I'm just you know being honest. I came to the Lord. Okay, God, if this is right, you need to show me how it's true. And he actually led me to the scripture right, right away. And it was just like, he opened up the book and boom, there it was. That all scripture is given by inspiration of the Holy Spirit for reproof, for doctrine, for edification. So I, I knew that the Bible at, a, at an early, early age in my Christian life was the word of God inspired by him. He directed me right toward it. Uh, that's because of the relationship that I had. So I began to go through it. I found this, this, uh, this story where this woman got healed, and it totally just made me think, like, man, could healing just have been available to me all this time, and I just not know it? Could healing have been right there, and all I had to do was just step out in faith? And one night I was really dealing with a toothache, and I know it seems minor, but I was actually up like 48 hours, and I couldn't sleep, uh, it was just extremely bad, and and I'm again I'm a, just a, a kid in the faith, right? So uh, I just am like God, I need this pain to go away so I can get some sleep, so I can go to work, so I can make some money, and uh, I said, so I'm just gonna do what this woman did. I'm just gonna I'm gonna take a step of faith and I'm just gonna by faith receive your healing for me. And I was just in my bed all alone, and I just said, Lord, I receive. You're healing that all this pain is gone, and boom, it was like instant. I'm just you know, childlike faith, boom, there it is. All of a sudden, all the pain's gone. Now, I had faith for the pain to go away, that's where my faith was. It was like three days later, I still got a root canal on that tooth, but all the pain completely gone. I didn't have any problem with it, still had to, I still had an appointment set up, got it checked out, and yeah, it's like the guy, the dentist was looking at the nerves, and he's like, man, that looks painful. I'm like, well, it was. And uh, yeah, I got healed, and he's like, okay. You know you know how doctors and dentists are sometimes. Sure, dude. Um, so yeah, all pain left me. Um, and so from that time on, I began to just start reading the Word um, with a new light, that, that God is is, he's, made these promises available to, available to us today. It's not just for this time when Jesus was on the earth healing people. It's here, it's now. And see, I got healed because I operated in a law that I wasn't even aware of. And the law is called the law of faith. The law of faith. It's like a law like gravity is. And when you work with gravity, it's, it, it will work for you or you can try to work against it. And just the same way with faith, uh, it's a it's a spiritual law it works it, there's there's never any question of gravity you know if you jump off the sledge you're gonna fall down um, we do this this uh, experiment with kids I call it experiment it's more like just a demonstration but we have the kids do the trust fall if you guys have ever done a trust fall they just line up and they just fall backward and gr- we say look this is what gravity does you will fall but do you believe, do you have faith that I'm going to catch you? And some of them are just so hesitant. They're so hesitant. They're so scared. And um, sometimes I wonder, and I totally had this revelation when I was doing it. I'm like, this must be how the Lord feels sometimes. Because here I am. I have no question I'm going to catch this kid. He's you know 70 pounds. And, and you know here we go. And he's freaking out. And he's going. Oh, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a big drop. And what if you what if you miss me? And I I'm never never dropped a kid yet. Thank God. <laughs> I don't plan on doing it. Uh, and I know the Lord's going to be there to catch him if I don't. So um, so sometimes I wonder is the Lord like me where I'm thinking, man, doesn't this guy know that he's perfectly fine? I'm going to catch him. I've, I've, I've never shown myself not faithful in this. And I, I totally think the Lord just has that same response to us. Like, come on. Come on. He's, I, I got you. Have I ever let you down before? And so uh, operating in the law of faith, the law of faith. Let's, let's learn a little bit more about this law. If you will, turn with me uh, in your Bibles to Mark, the book of Mark, chapter 11. You guys have probably read this scripture before, but you need to read every scripture like it's the first time you've ever heard it. Mark 11, 23. Mark 11, 23. This is Jesus. He's a pretty important dude. Uh, he says this, for, sure, uh, for assuredly I say to you, Whoever says to this mountain, be removed, be cast in the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes in those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Again, I totally, the Lord totally directed me to this scripture uh, a little later as he was showing me the the law of faith. And this is exactly how he works. This is exactly how the law of faith works. If you didn't get, didn't catch it, let's read it real quick again. Verse twenty-four. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them, and you will have them. Now, when do we believe that we receive them? I, again, I'm used to more interaction. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, when you when you pray, when you pray, the second that you pray, you believe that you received it. You believe that you received it. That's how he said it works. And then you'll and when you believe that you receive it when you pray, that's when you believe it, and it says then you will get it. Isn't that what it says? And you will have them. So, this is an underlying truth throughout the scripture, the law of faith. What you believe, what you expect, is what you're going to get. What you expect is what you're going to get. So, Pastor Mark's always talking about setting expectations to a certain level and shoot for the stars. And if you miss, you, you'll, at least you'll hit the moon. But if you aim for nothing, you'll hit it every time. If you aim for nothing, you're going to hit it every time. That's that's so powerful. We have to realize that we have to set an expectation. We have to stir ourselves up. Just like this woman did. She set that expectation. When I touch the hem of His garment, I'm going to be made whole. She set that expectation and boom. The law of faith works for everybody. Works for her. God didn't decide she was going to be healed. She decided it. She came to the Lord and it's available to anybody and everybody. So, um... Let's, let's uh, quickly keep going on the, the law of faith. We'll jump to James. Jump to James with me. This will be our last scripture on this. Jump to James. James 1. James 1. Verse 8. James 1, eight says this, But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man and stable in all his ways. So, here, you, again, you see how the law of faith works. You're If you got a bunch of doubt, unbelief, yeah, it's, I'm pretty sure it just said you can expect nothing. Because... Again, how the, how the law of faith works, it has to, be, has to be faith. If you mix doubt and unbelief with it, you're going to cancel out the faith that you have. It will, it will make your faith null and void. And um, Jesus taught this same thing. And he, he spoke to his disciples. on. They asked him why they couldn't cast out a demon. and He said, because of your unbelief. And it wasn't that they didn't have faith. Because he goes on to say, if you got faith the size of just a mustard seed, you can say to a tree and, and command it dead and then it will die. So we know that in comparison, um, he's saying faith, it doesn't take any, any large amount of faith. You don't have to have this huge faith for it to work. He said if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed. But he says when, if, you, if you say to this and you don't doubt in your heart... There's the key. If there's doubt mixed with it, then you're an unstable man and you're going to be tossed to and fro. So, um, so here's the question, and uh, I really believe that the Lord directed me to this question because so many times we, we struggle with this. So what if I do have doubt? What if there is a little bit of doubt in me and, and I still need to be healed? I, I need an answer from the Lord I need him to come through in this um, what what how, what do we do if there if we do have some doubt if we do maybe we believe that the Lord is totally capable of healing us he's got all the power in the world we know that but what about me what can he do it for me and um, well let, let's see if there's anyone else in scripture that may have came across this and and luckily they're There is some scripture in here that talks about it. Uh, Genesis. Genesis, starting way back in the first book of the Bible. So apparently this has been a problem for a while. This has been an issue a lot of people have had. Genesis 18. uh, 18, verse, starting in verse 10. And to give you the backstory real quick, this is God. He's talking to Abraham Um, regarding him being um, bearing a child. And so, uh, starting there, we're just picking up in the middle sentence, uh, verse 10, this is God, And he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life, and behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Sarah was listening in the tent door which was behind him. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age, and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Now, if if you guys know anatomy, at a certain age, women are no longer able to have children. And I believe she was like close to 100 years old. We know Abraham was close to 100. Uh, he was probably 99 because it says he was 100 when he had Isaac. Um, and this says that he also... Uh, it was gonna be next year when the, when his child was gonna be born. So, um, she's super old, super old. Like just this old chick, right? Now, she says that she was beautiful. She was even, she was, you know, she probably didn't look real old, even though she was old. But she knew she couldn't bear a child. And, and so to her, it's, you know, probably sounded like nonsense. So, read the next verse. Verse 12, therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I have grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I surely bear a child, since I am old? And then here's something so powerful. Is anything too hard for the Lord? This is him saying this. At the appointed time, I'll return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. So here's Sarah hearing the promise of a, of a son, and she's laughing at it. She's laughing, like, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm like almost 100. I can't be having babies. And, uh, and so she totally just, and it really doesn't say anything past that as far as what she was going through after that, but it does show that she does end up having a, a child. They name him Isaac. But we do have some insight into what was going on with Sarah in a much later chapter, or a much later uh, book, in the book of Hebrews. So let's see what the result of her, how, how did she deal with that unbelief? How did she deal with that doubt? Again, this has seemed absolutely impossible, and to, with man it is. With God it's not. it's not. It's totally possible with God. Everything's possible with him. And so, how did she go from a position of unbelief, of, um, of doubt, and then now she's in a position where she's seeing the manifestation of the promise of God. So, let's turn to Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11.11. 11. Hebrews, it's, a, it's an amazing book. If you have a chance, you should probably read that. Uh, it says Hebrews 11:11. 11, 11. okay, so this is, this is how Sarah overcame her doubt, her unbelief. It says, by faith, Sarah herself also received strength. Now it was by faith, right? So she's operating in faith, also receives strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age. Now here's the answer in this next sentence. because she judged him faithful who had promised. See, she took her eyes. I mean, this is so powerful. This isn't just, this is so aha. So she totally took her eyes off of herself, took her eyes off of her own womb, took her eyes off of the natural things, and she put her eyes on the one who promised. She put her eyes on the one who promised. She directed her focus, and when she directed her focus, the doubt left. The doubt left, faith operated, she got pregnant, and now Isaac's born, and now Abraham's the father of many nations. And she did that by overcoming her doubt, by turning to God. Turn to Him, and all those things go away. So, focus is such a, a powerful thing. You know, like, how did Peter walk on the water? Obviously, he had a word from the Lord. He said, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. And Jesus said, okay, come on out to me. And Peter starts walking on water. Now, uh, you know, a lot of people say, if you're perfect, you know, show me that you can walk on water. Well, Peter definitely wasn't perfect. He was, he was kind of a knucklehead, actually. And, uh, you know, he, he later turned into this amazing man of God. But at this time, um, you know, he steps out of the boat, which to, to me, that's, that's a giant step of faith. A giant step of faith. And then he starts walking to the Lord. And he's, he's got his eyes on Jesus. And then he's operating in faith. That faith still exists. But then all of a sudden, he starts noticing some things around him. He starts noticing some natural things. And so he begins to focus now not on Jesus, but on the wind and the waves. And as soon as that happens, he starts to sink. And he starts to cry out, Lord, help me! And he totally, he totally could have just walked out and had a great time on the water that night. Um, but he, he totally took his eyes off of what was important. And he took his eyes off what removed the doubt. And he put his eyes on the natural things which allowed the doubt and unbelief to creep in. And boom, there you go. Your faith, it just got, it just got stomped out by a bunch of other things that now you're, you're dealing with because of where your focus is. Focus, is, again, it's so important. Where your focus is. Your focus, your focus, your focus. The Lord totally gave me a word uh, a few nights ago, 2 a.m. in the morning. He wakes me up, uh, which, that was lovely, but hey, I, anytime I get a word from the Lord, I'm so excited. Um, so, he, he, this is what he says to me. He says, focusing on the spiritual reality changes the natural reality. Focus is on the na- on the spiritual reality and it changes the natural reality that's I was just like oh wow lord that's that's powerful and then and then basically there was a bunch of stuff under that so for example if you feel distant from the lord if you don't feel like your relationship's super close with him you feel like there's something between you focus on the spiritual reality what's the spiritual reality that He's never left you, He's never forsaken you, that He made you His temple, He, he put His Spirit in you, and He made you one with Him. He, you, there's no separation now. In the Spirit, that's the truth. And as you begin to focus on that truth, it's like all of a sudden, man, I just feel close to the Lord. It's like, this is what's, this is what's true, I focus on it, and then the reality of what's going on in the natural changes. So, what about uh, depression? Depression. Are you? De- is anyone depressed? There's an answer. There's a spiritual reality that's going on that you might not be aware of and that you probably should start focusing on. See, the spiritual reality is there's a Prince of Peace out there. And when we focus on Him, we start operating in His peace. And see... He said to us that he's going to that he's leaving his peace with us. It's the peace that passes all understanding, and this peace is it's not like the world world's peace. It's it's you know doesn't have anything to do with natural things. It's all based on on him. So we need peace in our life. We have depression and we you know there's we're struggling. There's joy. It says that the joy of the Lord it's our strength. So. Uh, There is In His presence is the manifestation of perfect joy. Perfect joy. See, we're just missing out. We're missing out on on the things and the promises that the Lord has given us by our focus. Where is our focus at? What about about poverty? Are you struggling with finances? Are you really struggling with money? Where's your focus? If it's on money, it's probably not going to change real fast. Probably not. There's a lot of world answers out there. Um, They're they're more band aids than solutions. Um, But you need to start focusing on the reality that's in the spiritual realm. This reality is that Jesus was extremely rich. This is, I'm quoting basically 2 Corinthians 8 9. He was extremely rich. And he basically laid down his riches so that. We, through his riches, might be made rich. We, through his poverty, might be, become rich. So it's just the same way. It's just the same way that anything works. You know, Jesus, he, he took our, our, um, our sicknesses. He took our diseases. We focus on that. And all of a sudden, that changes. So anyone in here are sick, anyone in here needs some healing, let's start focusing on him let's start focusing on the reality that when he was on the cross, he bore our sicknesses on his own body. He bore our diseases on his own body so that we could be completely just made whole and, and be free from all those things. And, you know, um, I, I once heard this analogy and it was so powerful. Um, but I think we think of healing as, as God just... Coming down, and it's his power, and and uh, and that's in a sense, it is his power that causes it. But a lot of times, we start identifying ourselves with our sickness. We start identifying ourselves with a disease, with a pain. I'm, I have the flu. I'm, you know, this. I'm that. And the the truth is, that's a natural reality that doesn't line up with what's the spiritual reality. The spiritual reality is you're already made whole. You were made whole 2,000 years ago when Jesus took stripes on his back. And when he took those stripes on his back, every sickness, every disease, it was all paid for. It was all taken away. Now, so, okay, well, then why do I still have this stuff going on? Well, you see, we do have an enemy, and he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And so, if if I have, say, this finger, my finger right now, it feels great. It's it's a healed finger. But if I start, like, putting my finger in a clamp and I smash it and I begin to just put tons of pressure on it, um, it's not going to feel so great. And so sickness and disease is this exact... It's like a clamp on your, on your made-whole finger. And as... As, as it starts to just get stronger and stronger, we start identifying that, oh, I just have, this is my bum finger. This is, this is just my bad one. No, it's not. Your finger's fine. This problem is you got to get your hand out of the clamp. And, and that's the enemy. He's coming to attack. He's coming to take away your health. And so what we need to do is we need to start smashing the devil's forehead And just like how Jesus went about doing good works, you he was anointed with the Holy Spirit, and he went about healing the sick. So he went about doing good works, healing the sick, and destroying the works of the enemy. So we know that sickness and disease, where it comes from, it doesn't come from God. It doesn't come from um, ourselves. A lot of times people believe that a lot of their stuff is self-inflicted. Yes, but the, sometimes the root cause of that is still a spiritual cause. And so answers are spiritual. If we are looking to natural things, it's natural things are temporary. Natural things aren't going to solve the root problem. So um, what we're going to do for just a little bit... Um, can we get some piano? Awesome. So what we're going to do is just start to focus. And, and you know... Let the music play. Close your eyes. I just want you to start to focus. Because this is 100% true. That as you begin to focus on the spiritual reality, you're going to see the natural reality change.